Hi there, I'm Neil Osborne, and welcome to our B2C podcast titled Spend Suasion, where I teach, coach, consult, and speak on the skill of persuasion in the hair, beauty, and body industries. Spend Suasion is the new way to help your clients spend more. My belief is that we can all be doing more with our existing clients. After all, we already have them. They like us, and generally, they're open to spending more. This podcast is designed to share with you what to say and when to say it. So in turn, you and your team can become more persuasive. I hope you enjoy it. Hi there. Really excited to be in this episode. Got something fantastic to share with you. I've been doing lots of work around skill sets, and especially in the languaging space. And this one's a real beauty. Because what we need to do is we need to look at a different frame, different perspective as to how we can engage with our clients. After all, there are three types of work. There's hard work, there's guesswork, and then there's framework. And we're going to talk about framework today in the context of being more persuasive. So what I'd like to do is introduce to you the three different communication styles that I well, I've experienced most when I'm visiting clinics. The first is what we frame as the teller. Now, you'll no doubt have lots of tellers in your team because the tellers are, well, they speak fast, they get excited, they have a pace and excitement about the way they communicate. They also communicate via telling. They quite often tell the client far too much and quite often notice as they do that the client just, well, glazes over and they quite often get frustrated with the lack of engagement. Tellers get really excited about what they have to share. They're full of knowledge. Their product knowledge is high. Their skill is excellent. However, again, they speak rapidly and they talk a lot. See, tellers believe that, well, they've got about 20 things they need to say connected to every possible treatment that they're going to do in the clinic. And, well, they actually set about trying to tell all of those 20 things to every single client. Sometimes their voice reflects how many times they've said it that day. And again, their frustration reigns with watching their clients' eyes just glaze over. Tellers are beautiful people because they have got enormous energy, tremendous knowledge, and lots and lots and lots of information to tell a client. However, to be persuasive with a client, a client only needs to know about four things. Your goal, if you're a teller, or if you have one of your team as a teller, is to actually challenge them to find out what those four things are Rather than telling them the 20, just encourage them to share with the client the four. You will find that this level of interaction will shift the teller's space quite dramatically. The other thing you'll need to consult with those tellers is that quite often they find themselves in a really awkward position. And the position is that they find themselves talking just so much and to the point where they can't stop talking. And they even realize they're talking so much and they even realize they can't stop talking and they really get into a very awkward space. The feedback that I get is that they feel that they talk themselves into the sale and at the same time they feel like they talk themselves out of a sale. If you've got some tellers on your team, I'd like you to ask them to do a very simple thing. When they have that moment, when they're experiencing that overload and feel like they're just talking and talking and talking, encourage them to pause, to stop, and to try to ask a simple question to the client, which may be as simple as, how's that for you? Does that sound okay so far? Can I get a bit of feedback? And by doing so and actually breathing, it will take the teller away from this 
overrun of information and it will take her into a far better position where she actually starts to listen to the client. You'll also notice the client won't glaze over when your team is talking. Much better level of engagement. The second group of people tend to fall into the slightly more experienced group in the team, and these I call sellers. Sellers are really clever because they've actually got to understand a little bit about the sales process and got to understand that it is actually a process and it has three parts. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. No different to the way we conduct a treatment in clinic. And what they've started to discover is that they need to open up in a certain way and they need to endeavor to get to understand why the clients come to the clinic today or what's brought them here today or what problem they want to address. And then the seller jumps on that and then starts to explain all of the benefits and all the great things that they'll be able to do to address those clients' concerns. They then start to move the client because they understand they need to process the client along a journey. A good seller does this. And then they get towards the end of the conversation and they experience something really terrible. Yep, that's right. You just experience then too, silence. And they experience silence when they ask the client to buy. Now, the reason why that happens is because sellers, unfortunately, quite often close with statements. And what I mean by that is that they'll say something like, well, to do that half leg, we want to do some laser hair removal. You probably need a course of eight to 10 treatments with that color hair and that texture. And we have a really great program today or a really great special on today where if you buy those 10 treatments, you only have to pay for eight. Yep, that's right. That's when the silence kicks in. And the reason being is that what they've actually done is they've asked the client to buy with the statement. We have this special offer on today where if you buy the 10, you only have to pay for eight. Well, the client's uncertain as to where to go. And what the therapist doesn't realize is that a close is a question. And it's a tiny, tiny little question. And it goes on the end of that statement. And it says something like, how does that sound? Would that work for you? Would you like me to book you in for that? Is that suitable? It's a tiny little question that goes on the end. And that is technically what's called a close. So for those of you who are experiencing that silence, think about how you can add a tiny little question in on the end of that statement or when you make the offer, tiny little question to get the response. What you'll find is the silence will start to disappear and clients will actually start to buy. However, if you've been skillful in this space and have had some success in the past and have actually started to discover that some of the techniques that we learned years ago, well, maybe you're not cutting it now. And that's because what we're finding is our clients are becoming smarter and smarter, more and more knowledgeable, and have a greater understanding and, well, a bit of radar. As soon as they start to feel like they're being sold, they start to close down. So what we need to do is we need to think about selling as yesterday, and we need to think about this new skill called persuasion tomorrow. Tomorrow's skill is all about leading your clients through the consultation with really good questions. The goal is to build a portfolio of open-ended questions. You know, those ones that start with who, what, when, how, and they're the questions we're going to use to get the client to open up, to engage, because we need to listen when the client starts to talk to us. And persuaders actually go on to have a tremendously comfortable, smooth, rather inviting style 
And what they notice most when they start to become really good persuaders is they're no longer selling. Clients are buying. Clients are saying, oh, yeah, can I have that? Or can I book in for that? Oh, that sounds really great. Yeah, I think that would suit me really well. Why? Because we're actually giving the client some space. So just to conclude, I'd like to share with you the 10 commandments of being persuasive. Number one, don't do all the talking. Do learn to ask lots of good questions. Don't ask closed-ended questions. Do ask open-ended questions. Don't talk over a client. Do shut up and listen. Don't listen passively. Do listen actively. Don't listen with the intent to interrupt. Do listen with the intent to understand. Don't jump in once the client has offered a problem. Do ask open-ended questions around the effect that that has on the client and explore other options. Don't tell the client too much information. Do discuss the information they need to know. Don't tell to sell. Do know that not everyone needs to know everything to buying. Don't close by stating an offer. Do close by asking a question. Don't keep talking. Use the silence to let the client decide and to buy. I hope you find those 10 commandments thought-provoking. And if you'd like to share more of that with us, feel free to jump online and have a look at our webinar and a few other things that we have on our website that's really going to help you and your team become more persuasive. Until then, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our Spensuasion podcast. If you like what you've heard, feel free to duck over to our website where you can learn more or even join in to one of our special Spensuasion webinars, where both you and your staff can learn more persuasive skills. Until our next episode, visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.